You are listening to an SAFM podcast, 104 to 107 nationwide. Stream us live on www.safm.co.za or via the SABC Plus app. SABC News, independent and impartial. Victor joins us now on the line. Is also the executive director for marketing and communications at the University of Limpopo. Very good morning to you, Victor. Um, welcome to First Take. Let's start off uh, with the Africa Free Trade Block. Thirty-one countries to take part in 2024, and will use a new payment system. Good morning, Excellency. Good to talk to you again. Yes, the Africa Continental Free Trade Area, as you know, was ratified. In, I can't even remember now, was it 2020 January? It came into effect then. But with the 47 countries that have ratified it, seven of them last year, that is 2023, took part in what was called the Guided Trade Initiative. This is the way that the Secretariat, if you recall, there's a Secretariat in Ghana, mm-hmm. headed by the Secretary General, a South African called Wam Men. Yes. They, they have been guiding the countries, almost showing them the ropes because doing business with one another as African countries, although it should be common sense, because of the restrictions and the non-trade barriers that are there, and just the culture of not doing business with one another, the Secretariat decided they were going to introduce certain measures to facilitate this trade. And yes, this time now it's more than that. It's about 31 countries that are going to join. And the exciting part of this guided trade initiative is that the reduction in 20% reduction in duty will be much more because now they'll be using a payment system that allows a country, I mean a trader in one country to do business and when they make payment they do that in their own currency mm-hmm. and in, or in the local currency of the country where they are doing. This will make us less dependent on the dollar because at the moment although we are not American, we still end up pricing what we are selling in US dollars to make it easier for that translation. So the, this interpayment system or inter-country payment system will sort of go a long way in solving that, although some people might still prefer payment in dollars, it will no longer be an excuse. So when you do your payment, whether you're using your credit card or you're using your bank card, it will be easier in this direct trade initiative to use the local currency. It's just one of those, I think it's a very good smile, one of those mm-hmm. moves that are being made by the Secretariat to admit we know the inter-trade, intra-Africa trade is desirable, but to actually do it in practice is more difficult. It's a very realistic approach, this, and I'm sure it will work that by 2030, maybe, we will be fully operational as a free trade area, which will be the largest in the world. The, the, the trade bloc has very ambitious uh, goals here. They, they seem rather obvious in the sense that, yes, we should be working together. Yes, we should be integrating our, our, our economies here. But but it isn't that straightforward. It isn't that simple. Since since 2021, um, are they making steady progress or is it, is it still quite a still quite a challenging, challenging road for men and his yeah. team? It is still very challenging, and, and we don't want to hunker back to the colonial and division, divided era, but this African states were created to divide Africa for the benefit of those who are profiteering from our division. It's easier to take the minerals out of the DRC and make mm. Apple phones 
and make Samsung phones and laptops and those batteries, lithium-ion batteries, if the DRC is fighting Rwanda over who's doing what, then if the, 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 the continent is divided. And that's why this guided trade initiative is working. It enabled Ugandan farmers to export some milk to Algeria, I think, and it enabled people in Nigeria to export to Cameroon. It sounds very easy, but Nigeria and Cameroon have been at each other's throat over the Bakazi Peninsula for ages. They even went to the World Court, and they still haven't really quite made peace about it. And that's why you're right. It looks like it should be simple, but it is not because yeah. there are many divisions that were facilitated artificially. Let's go to Nigeria now. Stolen assets uh, worth about six point nine million pounds are set to return to that country. Yes, this is a small number in the bigger scheme of things, considering yeah. how much money has been stolen from Nigeria. We people use all the Sunny Abacha loot, money that was stashed in Swiss bank accounts, yeah. in American banks. But the reason this is significant, this small amount, and by the way, some of that money has been returned to Nigeria already from the Swiss bank accounts. But the, the significance of this is this is not money stolen in the olden days by the dictators. It's, it was money stolen between two 2009, in 2014, disguised as money used to buy arms to counter Boko Haram. And and that's why it is significant, because if you are bringing money from the 60s and 70s back, you don't want to be creating other forms of money laundering, taking money out of African countries Mm. into American bank accounts, into Jersey. Jersey is one of those British islands or islands that are called dependencies of the British crowd. That's where people hide money when they steal it in Africa, because these are small countries yeah. that have very favorable tax regimes. They almost are tax-free in some instances, and that's the significance of this. It's a small amount, but 6.9 million pounds for the people of Nigeria who could be, which could be used, whether it's for buying arms to counter Boko Haram, should not be siphoned, because then it means we are closing the door on one side, but mm-hmm. windows are still opened on the other end. The leakages will continue, and that way the African economy will continue to suffer. Mm-hmm. And and finally, um, Victor, Rishi Sunak urges lords to back the Rwanda bill. They continue fighting over this. <laughs> yeah, the House of Commons voted for this. I think it was 320 to about 200, 320 to about 270 votes. This is the House of Commons where the elected representatives are debating this. The bill is meant to take, for those who might not know, is meant to take refugees who move from Africa mainly into the European countries. They they do it very dangerously, Serenzi. Yes, yes. They use boats across the Mediterranean Sea, and many of them die. They're looking for a better life. And then Rwanda said, you know what, we, these are Africans in the main, we will take them. Britain negotiated a deal with yeah. Rwanda and said, we'll give you 240 million pounds to help you settle, to build your economy. But now there are human rights campaigners in, in the UK who are saying this is like slave trade in, in reverse or in disguise, and they have been fighting this, and they, the bill must now go to the House of Lords. Yes. This is where the monarchy is, and it is expected to be met with resistance. And the government of Rwanda said, you know what, we are trying to help Africans here who are stranded by providing that. And if yeah. you want, if you don't want to bring those refugees, we are happy mm. to give you your 240 million yep. pounds back.
Let's watch that closely and see how it goes, Victor. We'll have to park it there this morning. Always a pleasure, Victor Khomiswana, um, who is an author. Africa is open for business and Africa bounces back. And uh, that's uh, this morning's um, edition of uh, the Africa Brief. You can find SAFM Current Affairs on 104 to 107 nationwide. Our podcasts are available for download on all our digital platforms. SAFM. Leading the conversation.